This is the Bible in Depth with PJ. Join us as we take a deeper look into scriptures and study the Word of God together. Now here is Pastor Jim. Hi, everybody. Well, we're back. And um, we're going to do something different for the next um, probably three to four, maybe five weeks. Um, I'm going to do a topical series. I'm going to break from a verse by verse, um, but I'm going to do topical. Um, and I'm going to talk to you in these next weeks, specifically at least three weeks of the five, will be on how to fight fair, how to in communication and relationships, because there's so much breakdown in uh, relationships in the in the realm of communication and understanding each other and knowing what each other is saying, things like that. So let me begin with this illustration. <clears throat> I think all of us have gone through a drive-through in a fast food place to get our food. They begin to speak to us from that. Can I take your order, please? Yes. And I give the order. Wherever you're at, you give the order. <clears throat> and you want certain things specifically. I always say on my burgers, no cheese, no onions, because I'm not a cheese guy, unless it's on pizza or quesadillas. And I'm not, a, I'm not an onion guy. If I bite into one a little piece of onion, it's over. It's just done. <laughs> But then you say these certain things, and Olivia and I always ask for our French fries, well done, we like them really crispy, and <clears throat> and get all the things, and so. But have you ever done that, gone, picked it up, paid for it, and you get home, and you didn't look in the bag when you first got it, and when you got home, you look in the bag, and there's something missing. They left something off your order, or something is really wrong with that order, right? <clears throat> That just drives you crazy because you, you, you don't want to drive back because you just defeated the whole purpose. So you're like us, you call them and say, you know, you didn't put this, you know, maybe you ordered four burgers. You didn't put four burgers, you put three burgers in there. But something happened, you know, something happened in the communication that we didn't get the resolve that we want to or the order we want to. So, I mean, so you find in these drive-thrus that when you order, because they work hard at trying to get it right, when you order, have you ever noticed they repeat it back to you? And they repeat everything back to you to make sure they completely understood you. Yeah, they do it to you, they do it to me, and I think that's a smart practice. Well, that's the same, same thing in relationship communication. If we would start to communicate things back, we would begin to understand, okay, are you saying this or are you not saying this? Because I think that's where a lot of things break down because, you know, aren't we the masters of assuming that we know what they really mean about things instead of saying, okay, do you mean this or do you mean that? So I want to embark on this series to get our communication right so we get up to the window, get the proper order, we get home and there's no frustration, there's no reaction, there's no calling the place up saying you people are blank, 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 you know, whatever. So let me begin today with giving you three phases of an argument. <clears throat> Something I read decades ago share with you. The first phase of an argument is the recognition phase. This is where in your uh, friendship or relationship, you know, Houston, we have a problem. And there is a problem. Something has gone wrong. Some One of the two of us is getting irritated, uh, maybe a little bit angry because something's going on or something isn't happening that should be happening. And we need to talk about these things. We know something's wrong. And let me tell you, that's real fun. <laughs> it's like, but you know, you know these things happen. So you start with this recognition phase. You recognize something's not right here. Then it moves to the reaction phase. 
Now, this is where you don't want to go to because of their improper skills, but many people go down these roads. This is where I'm mad, I'm ticked off <laughs> at you, uh, maybe I'm getting louder with you and louder with you, and maybe I'm getting reactionary in my dialogue towards you, you know, because now I'm reacting about these things. I recognize there's a problem, now I start to react. But then it moves to the third phase, and that's the resolution phase. This is where, okay, now we start to do the right things. We're gonna work through the reaction phase, and we're gonna work it and work it and dialogue and work it until it is resolved, until it's fixed. But you know, the, you know what the problem is though, and you know this. We get stuck in the reaction phase <clears throat> because we just don't know how to resolve the situation or our anger. And so we get stuck in those situations right there and it doesn't help at all. Now, what I have found over the years, and this is just an interesting little thing and maybe you'll see yourself, maybe you won't. But in a relationship, especially when it comes to um, resolving conflict and dialoguing, you know, one of you is the silent one and one of you is kind of the violent, angry one. One of you blows up. Maybe the other one clams up. One of you is a confronter. One of you might be the withdrawer. Now let me tell you the truth. Neither the confronter nor the withdrawer fight fair. Neither one do. You may think I'm being noble and I'm withdrawing, I'm giving in. That's not a fight fair thing. Not at all. See, let me, let me try to delve deeper into confronters and withdrawers. Confronters, you get historical. Oh, Jim, you mean hysterical. No, I mean historical. <laughs> you bring up the past. You start talking about all the stuff, you know, from there and this and that. I remember when, this and that. And by the way, when you get hit historical, you start, who's got the bigger this? Well, when you did this, and the other person said, well, you did this. Oh, remember when you did this? No, remember when you did this? And who has the bigger this? And it doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere, okay? See, the confronter, the stronger personality type in the relationship or the more angry person in the relationship, you're the master of exaggeration and intimidation. Be honest with yourself. Just be honest. You might even be using ultimatums, even possibly threats of breakup or divorce. You might be doing that. You might even be using ugly words to humiliate, like, how could you be so dumb? See, all these things you just don't want to do. These are not, I, I don't think it's human to do these things. I know it's not mature, and I know it's not of God, biblically. That's a confronter when they go down the wrong roads. Now, a withdrawer, you're not handling right either. What do you do? Well, you might postpone the discussion. I don't want to talk about it right now. I, I, I'm just too busy to talk right now. No, you just don't want to deal with it, you know? Or maybe you change the subject. Maybe you're a left fielder. You know, they throw you the pitch, boom, you hit it to left field because you don't want to dialogue what it's about. You want to take it that way, change the whole subject, twist their head around, whatever, whatever. Maybe you wave the white flag and surrender, or simply you just shut down, I'm not gonna talk about it, and now the cold shoulder comes into play. See, neither one's doing it right, because communication stops, and there's no resolve, none whatsoever. <clears throat> and then what do we become now? Pretenders. We pretend that things 
are resolving when they're not resolving. Let me show you how I've seen it happen. And I've seen it many, many times. I've counseled it many, many times. I've even done it a few times. We don't resolve things. We don't know how to resolve things. So we don't speak to each other for a day or two days or five days or a week. And that's real fun in a marriage. <laughs> and then one of you, one of you finally says um, something like, um, yeah, you hungry? Um, yeah, you, want, you want to go get something to eat? You know, you're just going to break the ice. And then the other says, yeah, yeah, okay. And then you begin talking. And you begin talking. But you never talk about what happened or what went wrong. We pretend now that there is no conflict, there was no problem, there was nothing. We pretend. So there's no resolve to the situation. Let me be honest with you. You do that enough, it starts to stack like pancakes. Little things become big things. You stack it, stack it, never resolve it. Stack it, stack it, never resolve it. Pretend, three day cold shoulder, then pretend. And then what happens one day? The nuclear explosion. Because all the little things became one giant thing and boom, there it goes. You know it's true. So as we begin today, the question is, how do I fight fair? How do we resolve these things? Well, to fight fair, first thing is you got, you got to know the difference between a problem and a fact of life. You ever thought about that? Some things are a problem, some things are just a fact of life. Now, a problem is something we can do something about. We can actually fix this and resolve this and dialogue because it's a problem. But a fact of life is something you can't do anything about. It's what it is. And some people just waste their time over things they can do nothing about. See, some of you in relationships, something happened 15, 20 years ago, that's a fact of life now, okay? That, that's just done. It, it's over. There's nothing you can do about that. And if you keep rehashing it and rehashing it and rehashing it, you can't resolve it. It's a long time ago. Then you get stuck. It's better just forgive, let it go. Let's start from here. Let's build something good, something right from here. <clears throat> See, some people just fight over things that they just cannot change. They just can't change. Now, I've shared with you on Sundays and maybe on, on Wednesdays that my wife and I are complete opposites. We just are. I'm, a, I'm what's called a choleric temperament. My wife is a phlegmatic. I'm more the outgoing more the verbal type, more of a strong personality. My wife's a, a, a laid back, you know, easygoing type personality. And those two together, boy, you know, opposites, like I've shared with you, opposites attract and they can attack because we try to refashion our spouse into ourselves. But we had to readjust because you can get frustrated with each other because we always try to make the other one into ourselves. That's just the, the way the function happens. Now, she had a choice, I have a choice. Something we can't, I can't change the way I am, she can't, I can't change the way she is, she can't change me. So I have a choice, I accept her the way she is, 
and she accepts me the way I am and we live a life without frustration and we dialogue knowing this is the way we are and we're both involved in decision making so I accept her, she accepts me and I accept her because I really like her tacos and hot sauce with guacamole. <laughs> so some things are, are, you know, something we can do something about, some things you just can't do anything about. Another thing I want to say is you want to attack the problem. How do you fight for Attack the problem, not the person. Attack the problem, not the person. Now let's take a Jesus course on this. And I'm going to turn you to John chapter 8, verse 1 through 11. Okay? I'm going to read 11 verses, then I'm going to go back and I'm going to talk to you about this great real event in the life of Jesus. It's the adulterous woman story. John 8, 1 through 11 says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. So he's at Olivet, the mountain that's across the Kidron Valley, east side of Jerusalem. He climbs up, up there. Early in the morning, he came again into the temple. So he travels across up on the Temple Mount. And all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. Mm. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught... <clears throat> in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, this court of women, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Wow. I was thinking to myself, why didn't you drag the man out there, drag the married man, and stone him? <laughs> nope. They just dragged the woman. Now in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman. What then do you say? Well, now there's a dilemma, right? Because they're really putting Jesus under the knife there and saying, look, if he, Jesus says stone her, obey, obey the law, then, oh my gosh, what kind of guy is he? And then if he says, no, leave her alone, you know, then he breaks the law. You know, so it's, they think they've got him. They were saying this, testing him, so that they might have grounds for accusing him. They're always trying to get him. And, you know, Insecure, weak, empty people are always, always trying to trap and find grounds on some person to accuse them of something. This is all over the news. This is all our journalists do. It's a waste of your time to watch them. But Jesus stooped down uh, with his finger and wrote on the ground. <laughs> He's so cool, calm, and collected. But when they persisted in asking him, so they're still, oh no, you're not getting out of this one. He straightened up and said to them, he who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. <laughs> when they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. That's an interesting statement. Why is that? Maybe the older ones, they have a lot more sin in their life, and maybe they committed some sins with this woman too. Maybe. And he was left alone. And the woman where she was in the center of the court. So they all leave and they leave her right there. <clears throat> Jesus just cleared the church. Okay. <laughs> Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Meaning all the stoners and stuff like that. Did no one condemn you? No one passing sentence upon you here? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. 
go from now on and sin no more. Whoa. That was such a great exchange. Now, now let me fill in some thoughts here. <clears throat> they try to trap Jesus with a woman who they say they caught her in the very act of adultery. They were just waiting for this. They might even set the guy in there to set this whole thing up so they could get her and bring her right to Jesus. They just want to get Jesus because, you know, they, like today, they don't like someone having power. They want the power. And that's what things are today. It's just power struggles. You watch it and be honest with yourself. You know it's true. So they drag her along and they dump her right in front of Jesus. This woman's been caught in adultery in the very act. Whoa. They call her an adulterous woman. <clears throat> They're about to stone her. And Jesus finally stands up and says, He who is without sin among you, you be the first to throw a stone at her. Maybe a sidebar on that. Once they hear that, they split. They have nothing to say. Boy, do the weak, insecure, empty, cancel culture people out there need to listen to that. Because they sit on their little perches on a computer or on their phone and cancel people out. All the while, they're the, probably the biggest sinners themselves. I've watched Christians on social media do the same thing. Oh, sitting there just railing on people. He who is without sin be the first to throw a stone. Cancel culture needs that truth. Some Christians need that truth. And if we just started living this thing, what a different society we would have. This is not just fighting fear in a marriage relationship. This would help an entire culture, an entire generation of people, a country it would help. Sidebar over, back. <clears throat> Once they leave, because they know, they know they got logs in their own eye, and so they leave. And Jesus lifts her up and he says, woman, where, where are your accusers? Has no one condemned you? Uh, no, Lord, no one has. He says, I don't condemn you either. I, I, I don't condemn you either. He tells her, go and sin no more. But think of what he just did. I don't condemn you, grace, but go and sin no more, truth. That's what Jesus says. He's 100% grace and truth. Now, <clears throat> let me show you how we can take this and apply it to fighting fair with each other. The Pharisees, when they brought her, they labeled her. They said, she's an adulterous woman. They didn't say her name. They didn't learn her name. What, did they, what are they doing? See, they saw the person and the problem as one and the same thing. That destroys value in a person. We can devalue people, and we see this all the time now, you know, by the people I mentioned, the cancel culture. They, they devalue people because, you know, they got it down pat. Jesus looks at her and simply says, woman, woman. See, 
He didn't call her adulterous woman. He just said woman. He separates the woman from the problem. Listen, listen. If you're going to fight fair and dialogue correctly in any relationship, you've got to separate the person from the problem and the problem from the person like Jesus did. You got to do it. You got to do it. And here's why. The Pharisees connected the problem to the person, result, no value in that person, none whatsoever. Jesus, by separating the person from the problem, saw value in the person. The Pharisees, <clears throat> by connecting the person to the problem, were angry and reactionary in on the attack. Jesus, by separating the person from the problem, de-escalated, de-escalated the situation and brought peace. Neither do I condemn you. And brought peace. Isn't that pretty cool? Isn't that pretty cool? Let me close with this thought. If we don't separate the person from the problem in our relationships or friendships, soon we're going to look for another person. Who has problems <laughs> and that's a tragedy that some people keep repeating 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 now let's pick let's do what Jesus did let's do what Jesus did when you do that de-escalation because we always hold the person in high value well I'm gonna stop right there and we'll pick up how to fight fair part two next time you might want to share this with some people you know okay well God bless you and we'll see you later Thank you for joining us. If you have any questions or need prayer, please send us an email to hello at nbcc.com. We'd love it if you would subscribe to this podcast and take a second to rate it. Until then, we'll see you next time.